Greetings and welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this show explores the topics of security, technology, society, and human meaning. Every Monday, there's a news and analysis episode that curates tens of hours of reading into a concise 15-minute summary, as well as regular episodes featuring essays, interviews, and book reviews on these same topics. The goal is to provide a weekly, concise, and curated update on the most interesting things happening in the world, and to explore ideas that give you something to think about and prepare you for what's coming next. All right, welcome to episode 330. This is Daniel Meisler. Starting off with security news, Apple, Google, and Microsoft have announced quickening support of passwordless authentication on their platforms. That's passwordless in quotes. This is fantastic news, but it's a bit of a misnomer. What passwordless really means in practice is that the 2FA portion of authentication, meaning the additional factors beyond your password, won't involve being given a password or a PIN or any sort of code that you then pass onto the application. So normally you might put in a two-factor authentication system like a token or a um, OTP, a one-time password, or even SMS or text-based two-factor authentication. And what you get back is you get a code. They send you a code and you pass that code on. Now, the problem with this is that new malware is taking those codes. It's asking the user, hey, put in your username, put in your password, and put in your 2FA code. So the same way that they're being fished for their passwords, they're being fished for their 2FA codes. Now, this new passwordless technology, which usually sits on top of FIDO, it works by passing that code to the website in a very secure way. So basically, it only gives that code to the proper website, and it authenticates that beforehand. And second of all, it doesn't actually give it to the user at all. The user never sees it. So it, it actually can't be fished because it doesn't belong to the person, right? Phishing is when you con somebody into giving you the code that they have. And in this case, they don't have anything. So they call that passwordless. It's really more like tokenless or codeless or something like that. But passwordless is a lot more interesting. Just keep in mind that you actually have to authenticate with your username and your password first, right? So you still have to use your username and password. This passwordless piece is only for the second factor or the strong authentication portion. But anyway, it's still cool news that everyone is agreeing to accelerate this for 2FA. And I'm excited. NIST has released a new publication on managing cybersecurity supply chain risk. 800-161-R1 covers the integration of cybersecurity supply chain risk management into enterprise risk management and also lays out critical risk factors for doing that. And if you submit code to GitHub, you'll be forced to enable 2FA by the end of 2023. Level up the security of your company's CMS with Storyblock. More and more cybersecurity companies are ditching their traditional CMS and moving to headless CMS platforms. Going headless provides the highest level of security and allows you to publish on any front end. By using an API-first platform like Storyblock, you get faster performance, content CDN, easier integrations, user-friendly editing, and enterprise-grade security. Learn more at storyblock.com. That's S-T-O-R-Y-B-L-O-K.com. 
Mozilla did security analysis on a bunch of mental health apps and found that they are more insecure than most other categories of app. I found similar stuff when I was doing this for HP many years ago. A lot of health-based apps have really bad security problems. OpenSea's Discord channel got hacked due to someone posting malicious link as a trusted person. Basically, phishing Discord admins, compromising them, and then posting malicious link as them inside of the Discord channel is the top attack method for going after Discord communities right now. So if you're part of that scene, definitely watch out for that. Android has an actively exploited vulnerability rated at 7.8. Cisco's NFViz has multiple flaws up to VM escape. This one is rated 9.9. F5's Big IP has multiple vulnerabilities, 18 of them, all the way up to critical. And QNAP has nine new flaws, including the ability to execute arbitrary commands. Tailscale has raised another $100 million to continue building zero-trust VPN technology. And Teleport has raised another $110 million to reimagine identity and access control and has become the latest security unicorn. Technology news. Bitcoin has lost 50% of its value versus its high in November. Also on crypto, California's governor issued an executive order on crypto. Basically says we're watching and we're about to become active in the space, meaning likely consumer protections and potentially some sort of blockchain-based services for the state. This is very similar to what the Biden administration did recently, actually. Basically saying we're going to make sure this stuff is safe and we're also going to investigate playing in the space ourselves. At the federal level, that would mean, or it's rumored to mean, like a currency or something like that. Not sure what California would do. Starbucks is getting into NFTs this year, promising unique experiences and benefits. This seems like a decent fit to me if you think about the gift cards that they sell. They've already got this giant thing of gift cards. The art is completely different, and people kind of pick up the one that they want, almost like collecting something, right? So if you think about the gift cards, you know, with different designs, it's not too far away from adding more custom art to them and having them come with some sort of special features. So this seems like an easy extension for that company. TikTok will start to share ad revenue with its creators, but only for the top 4% of videos and for creators with more than 100,000 followers. And there are new seed-firing drones that are able to plant 40,000 trees a day to fight deforestation. Human news. Labor data says there are now two job openings for every unemployed person. And evidently, the thinking here is that you could offer more money for people to come into the workforce, but this would also fuel inflation. People who took a new obesity drug that suppresses appetite lost an average of 22.5% of their body weight, although this one has not been fully peer-reviewed yet. Although evidently, the quality of it is high, otherwise there wouldn't be so much buzz around it. I learned in a bunch of reading that there are quite a few levels of gradation here in terms of like the quality of a study. And you can kind of know even before it gets peer reviewed if it's total garbage or not. So hopefully this one shapes up well. Apple's director of machine learning has resigned partially due to the requirement for people to come into the office. And I have comments on this one in the ideas section. A meta-analysis of vitamin D deficiency and depression 
found that, quote, serum vitamin D levels inversely correlate with clinical depression, but the evidence is not strong enough to recommend universal supplementation in depression. End quote. What I hear there is make sure you're not deficient in vitamin D. And I've been saying this forever, and I, I take a, a decent amount of vitamin D myself. But yeah, just because they can't tell the direction of the correlation doesn't mean you shouldn't be taking it, in my mind. And I, I take a lot more than the recommended amount, but I would say definitely, without question, don't be deficient. Content ideas and analysis. Apple's stupid office work policy. So according to Mac Rumors, Apple's current work-from-home policy is to work, quote, at least one day per week by April 11th, at least two days per week by May 2nd, and at least three days per week by May 23rd. That's in the office. This is patently ridiculous. Are they not watching the COVID stats? Can they not see that we're starting another surge right now? This is like the third time that they've relaxed COVID office work while COVID numbers were falling and then increased office work while COVID was rising. People are quitting over it, and I don't blame them. And the most asinine part of this is that their retail stores are not making the same mistake. They do the opposite of this. They start closing stores and requiring masks when COVID numbers go up, which seems logical. And they do the opposite when the numbers fall. They stop requiring masks, and they let people open the stores back up. So why would HR do the exact opposite for its office work policy? Notes. I'm not sure what this is an indictment of, drugs and sports or cynicism or, or whatever, but when I heard about an 80 to 1 underdog or underhorse winning in the Kentucky Derby, I immediately thought of one thing, which is I wonder how long it's going to take for the steroid story to come out about this one. I really hate that I'm cynical about sports, at least to this degree. But horse racing has a serious problem with this, and these results just feel too good to be true. I mean, you've got somebody who nobody thought would win. It's at the back of the pack, and it just shoots up to the front like it was, you know, hit with a stim pack from, like, StarCraft or something. I mean, it's just unbelievable how, how fast it moved up. Now, my child mind is super happy, right? I, I just see this, and I'm like, oh, that's amazing. It had a, you know, a boost of inspiration, come from behind. Just a perfect, you know, romantic sort of outcome. And I do get that rush whenever I watch it, which I did watch it like a million times. But my logical side says, yeah, we're about to hear all about the drama behind the scenes and how there's the special drug and blah, blah, blah. And hopefully I'm wrong. Honestly, hopefully I'm wrong. But even if I'm not wrong, it was still fun to watch, you know, 39 times. So against my better judgment, I'm going to read this new book called The Next Civil War, which is supposed to be really good. It's described as a dystopian realism, which uh, calls to me, unfortunately. And I've started the migration of my concepts page to Obsidian. So if you go to slash projects slash concepts, I've mapped out like tons of these different ideas, and I've always wanted to link them somehow. So Obsidian allows you to do that. It's got this graph mode, and there's hyperlinking inside of the notes. It's really cool. So this is both teaching me Obsidian and reminding me of all those cool ideas. And I hope the software is going to help me see these connections in interesting ways, which I'm pretty sure it will, based on the many hours of YouTube videos I've been watching about it. 
But this has always been the idea for the concepts page, kind of like a wisdom genome. Discovery. You can now remove your personal data from Google. NCC's analysis of how Lazarus starts attacks. A beginner's guide to solo role-playing. It's like, what are we talking about? How do you play a role-playing game by yourself? I don't know if they mean like D&D type games. Um, evidently they do. Evidently that is a thing after reading this. But uh, yeah, interesting. Still have that tab open. CLI, Bash One-Liner, a massive collection of powerful Bash One-Liners. Jobs data, layoffs.fyi, a tracker for layoffs in the startup space. AWS Security, Poro. Scan for publicly available assets within AWS and VPN security. These scripts will help you set up an IPsec VPN very quickly, but I actually prefer Algo, which uses WireGuard instead of IPsec to do the same thing. Recommendation. Even if you don't have an office, you can safely work in. I recommend changing your work venue. So if you're like most people, you've probably been working home for a long time and you probably got like one place or maybe you move around a little bit, but you're still at home. I find I get tremendous energy from just changing the environment periodically that I work from. So uh, give it a try if you haven't done so recently. And the aphorism for the week. They laugh at me because I'm different. I laugh at them because they're all the same. They laugh at me because I'm different. I laugh at them because they're all the same. Kurt Cobain. Unsupervised Learning is produced and edited by Daniel Meisler on a U87 AI microphone using Hindenburg. Intro and outro music is by Zombie, with a Y. And to get the text and links from this episode, sign up for the newsletter version of the show at danielmeisler.com newsletter. We'll see you next time.